HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. This is Jimmy Carboni of Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. This is a very special show we're recording in January 2015 with, with Pika Kirin of uh, Lamin Sati, the, the famous Sati maker from Finland, which is a very unusual brew, and he came to the States to make a special batch in Connecticut at the Be United Compound. So there's going to be a special release this week in New York City at Select Bars. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the background of Sati. We have some great guests in, in addition to Pekka. We have Mary and Chris from Ferment About It, the other show on uh, Heritage Radio Network, and they're going to get deep into some homebrew recipes, and uh, George and Michael from Be United to provide some background. So here's the show, Jack. You're, you're in the studio. Uh, welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're talking with Pekka Kirian, uh, the Laman Sati maker from Finland. Pekka, welcome to uh, the United States. Very well. Thank you. Thanks, man. You know, it's interesting to meet someone from Finland. I've only had the Cinebrokoff beers before. Oh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't know anything else about Finland and beer and cultures. It's bad because the growth of the small, small breweries is quite, quite high. So we have a good wave about the small breweries also now in, in Finland and I'm looking forward. We are, of course, we are backwards in, if we are thinking about the USA. But uh, anyhow, it's it's growing, and that's good. So, what is sati? Is it the traditional mm. brew? Yeah, it's the oldest style of the Finnish beer, and also very old style of the beer and how to brew it. It's ancient beer. You can you can say it because it's coming uh, behind thousands of years, and it has been teached to the, from mother to the daughter and from father to the sons and so on. And uh, I was 14 when I started to brew it, and, and it was Sasta uh, in the neighborhood was a little bit older guy than I was, and, and he invited me to, to help him, and afterward I, I started to do my own, and he came to help me, <laughs> and that, that was the beginning. I was very young, and I was very keen to, to make, especially to, to make it, of course drinking too, but, but that was the main purpose, is to, to make the good sati. And I've read a little bit about the sati. That's how you say it, sati. Sati is the right, sati. right name. I think it's worldwide. It's the same name, and, and it's uh, used to made from the barley's 
smelt it in, in the houses, land houses themselves. They were also trying it in the smoke sauna, so you got some smoke taste also for it. And, and in some areas they are using rye malt, some parts, except of, of course it's, it's barley based, but, but some wheat malts also. And we are using all the juniper, finished juniper, and, and, and the banshees under the, the in Lautotan and uh, to give the taste of juniper. And uh, it's a fermenting with the baker's yeast that's all collected yeast, as we say. But but uh, nowadays we, we got that baker's yeast is, is the, how it's start to fermenting. So sati was made in Finland for many years, going for back thousands of years. Thousands so, of years. So, so so long time they have been growing barley in Finland. And it's celebration beer also. It's it's mostly made for for some celebrations like Christmas and Midsummer and and. Uh, 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 when you have some uh, birthdays or or weddings or even funerals, special funeral, tzatima. yeah, yeah, it belongs also there. It is uh, when you are serving some food, but it's it's not all over in Finland. It's only in in two areas in Finland. I call it uh, it is a Sahti Finland area because it it has to be in, it, it or it used to be in before in whole country, but nowadays it's only in in some parts where the Culture is still living. So, when did you start making tzati professionally? Oh, professionally, I, I started this in 1985 and got the license in 1986, and the first start was 1987. That is 30 years ago we started to do the official tzati in, in Lamin Sahti Limited. And then, for how long was there no one making tzati? Commercially in, in Finland for a long time? No, officially not. There are, of course, there, there used to be a, a culture that uh, they make for the French as they are still making it, and that means that the, the other brewers have a little bit more French than the others. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they, they were not paying any taxes, or the authorities has nothing to do with it. It's really came from the culture, and but it, it is also legal to do it at home even today but you are not you are not able to, to sell it then for the selling you have to have the license I, and I was the first who got the license in, in Finland you know Becca, I don't think I've, I've ever tasted it some of your reps I mean, George and Michael uh, what is Sati like flavor wise um, what surprised me the most about it was it's uh, the phenolic character that comes from the baker's yeast and we also had a block of baker's yeast at um at the OEC brewery where we were brewing it, so we had the opportunity to actually taste this yeast, and these phenols are really reminiscent of banana, wouldn't you say, George? Yeah, absolutely, um, and, and it's it's quite intense. Um, the juniper is obviously quite present as well, um, but uh, for, I think, everyone tasting it there that day, it was the banana phenol character that really seemed to dominate, um, and the baker's yeast uh, ferments the beer quite aggressively, um, and gives off obviously all these phenols. Online, I read that it tastes like kind of like a vice beer in that sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's quite yeah. a big body as well, but not like the carbonation, say, of a vice beer. More, of the, you just feel the thickness of the liquid. Like on the, the banana palate. of like a half a vice. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And wh- why is that the case? What makes them have similar? I just think it's the yeast has these unique esters that it uh, it gives off similar to a vice beer yeast. It also ferments very quickly as well, um, which uh, gives off a lot of those flavors, and they don't really um, 
dissipate at all. I mean, they stay in the beer because it ferments so quickly. Um, we brewed this beer, um, what day was it? We brewed Monday. It was Monday, and it took about 48 hours, roughly, for primary fermentation to, to be done. I mean, the baker's yeast will ferment up to 7%, and then it just sort of dies off. So this is a real big deal. So, so Pekka came from Finland. He made a special batch of sati in, in Connecticut. He, and he also shipped uh, this baker's yeast from Finland to Connecticut specifically for the uh, fermentation of this liquid. Yeah. And what's the plan for for the sati? Is it going to be released in New York? Yeah, of course. Um, the One of the reasons we had Pekka come here um, instead of shipping it from him is because of the incredibly short shelf life of the sati. Um, without being, as you've heard, there's no hops that are in this brew. Um, so it uh, it can go badly rather quickly. Uh, once we did do a shipment of bottles, I think it was maybe four years ago, we had a very limited number of bottles that came and were sold only to customers that were in close vicinity to our uh, warehouse in Connecticut. Um, but the idea of bringing Pekka here was that uh, we could brew a sauté as fresh as possible at our facility and then release it to customers in the freshest state possible. And uh, we're telling all of our customers that receive these kegs that once it arrives, it goes right into the cold box and it has to be tapped immediately. So you think probably this maybe the second week of February? That's what it looks like right now, yeah. And do you know any of the bars that will be carrying this in New York City? There are, yeah, plenty. Um, shall I ask with you? I know that yeah, go for it. I'd like to carry Jimmy's, that. Jimmy's, I think, will. It's Deserves a keg indeed. Uh, I know Proletariat will have some. Taurus, Ginger Man's getting some. Um, Cannibal will have some kegs. The Owl Farm asked for one. So the idea this is that we'll tap it and we should go through it in, in one night or as soon as possible? It being in the cold box, I don't think it necessarily needs to be finished that evening. Um, it'll be okay on draft for a few days, but hopefully bars aren't sitting on it uh, until March. Put it well, we'll keep, keep track on the goodbeerseal.com. We'll... Uh, let you know will be the Sati track. The Santa tracker. Sati he came tracker. down from Finland. The Sati tracker. <laughs> and some other great friends here. We got Chris and Mary from Ferment about it. The great uh, fermenting homebrew show on on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome to the show, guys. Ferment about it. You know, when, when we knew that originally we were going to go up to uh, Connecticut and interview Sati, uh, Mr. Sati Pekka, in, uh, <laughs> while he was making the beer on on Monday, but there was this great storm, Juno storm, you know. So we're here in the back room of Jimmy's Number Forty Three doing a special recording. But I wanted to have Chris and Mary come in because they're our expert kind of tasters as well as brewers. And Mary, number one, you've got your your uh, your book coming out. Yep. And uh, what's the name of the book? Speed Brewing. Speed Brewing available on Amazon for pre order, right? Yes, it'll be out in June. So what what different types of fermented beverages did you give recipes for? Because this is going to have like a, so, a really important book that's coming out. Let's hope so. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually, so speed brewing is, it's all about fast fermented alcoholic mm-hmm. beverages. So I did not have a sati recipe, but I, I haven't made a sati. I've had sati, homebrewed sati before, um, and I very much look forward to trying this one. Um, but it, so basically it's all about fast, fresh fermentations, things that take less than two weeks, alcoholic beverages that take less than two weeks. So I have a question. What temperature did you guys ferment the sati at? The fermentation temperature is quite high, so you can say it how it's in Fahrenheit, but it's uh, something like the almost 13 in Celsius. Celsius, yeah. 13 Celsius, oh gosh. That's, that's about yeah. almost, eight, 80, almost, <laughs> 80, <laughs> almost 80, almost 80 Fahrenheit. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I suspected, yeah. That's why it's, it's quite, quite quickly. It's, it's really short. Yeah. So how does it compare to uh, other other t- beverages that you guys have brewed? 
Well, we, for certain alternate fermentations that she features in her book, you know, those are generally relatively high fermentations. Yeah. Or, you know, that higher temperature is good for fast fermentations. There's um, a there's a fresh beer in Vietnam called Bia Hoi that is also very fast and meant to be poured fresh. Um, that's pretty low. What's what's the translation, Mike? Uh, the 13 degrees Celsius is 55 and a half degrees. So that's low. Yeah. Mary, why didn't you put a tzatzi in your? I don't know, man. You're making me feel bad, Jimmy. Book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question about the yeast. Uh, I have a question about that yeast. You brought a, a brick of baker's yeast. Do you, at the brewery, do you recycle the yeast? Do you use the yeast again from batch to batch? No, at at, at for tzatzi we are not recycling. I get always a new new batch because. The only factory in Finland is situated on the same plant as, as the, where we got the malt. That's so easy for us. Also, we are picking up the malt and the yeast at the same time. And, right. and uh, my, my storage is on the wheels. That means that for the malt, so they are always fresh, and also the yeast is quite fresh also. It's always fresh. And then going back to the stability of the beer, or you know, it, it's meant to be drinking fresh. Uh, I heard that sati is, is a no-boil method. After no, mashing, no, do you no. go straight to the fermenters, or do, do you are you boiling? We are not boiling, but we are we are heating it almost like boiling, almost pasteurizing. So, yeah, it. almost yeah to get get and and this was a new experiment for for me because there is this uh, cool sip I've never used it before, and also the That's pipe pipe uh, freezing freezing system I've never never used it. Yeah, but we but have an external heat exchanger as well mm. at, oh, the okay. at the OEC. At the OEC, a cool shit too. Mm. That was a, but but it's nice, nice. It's working quite well. I'm I'm plate, I'm using the plate exchanger on the, on the it's, and, and the idea is to get it so cold as possible, so so quickly as possible. Right. Then did you use juniper branches for this? Oh, that that's nice. Also, but we we used it. What we have collected and we put them under the mass in the lautatan, so really and pump pump the whole mass over it to, to get the taste of of, of the juniper. In the world. So it's basically kind of acting as, a, as an additional filtration system mm, and also yeah, adds yeah. flavor. Yeah, you can make Yeah, yeah. That's great. Let's just circle back about some, some Finnish culture. So how do you say cheers in Finland? Uh, there's kippis and then there's the other one. It's this hölkyn kölkyn. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> yeah, hölkyn kölkyn. It's quite the And when, when we drink it, do you drink it in a glass? Do you drink it in a mug? Mm-hmm. No, I th- I, it used to be, I brought it with me, 200 vessel was uh, made from juniper and uh, with me, but uh, but it's it's not nowadays it, it will be drunk from from the glasses. I see. There's a great little photo. We'll put it on the website. Laman Sati. That's Pekka, right? Yeah, yeah, traditional yeah, outfit. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. I'm gonna take a photo of that, Mary. We'll put it up or yeah. something. Um, you know, Finland is really interesting. I mean, we don't know much about it. I mean, Helsinki, right? Mm-hmm. It used to be border of Sweden and Russia. Yeah, and, and um, I have also started two years ago a new pub brewery in the middle of Helsinki. It's called Brukeri Finland, but, but there we are not making making any sati, but selling to sati also also in a small amounts. But uh, Finland is, is we still have we are still between Sweden and Russia in the east, 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 eastern <laughs> border of the EU. <laughs> All right, let's make a toast. And I know Michael, you guys brought. A couple of beers from B United, and, yes, and we'll give a cheers to Mateus. We just did a show with him, and um, he brought the Ictigums. The Ictigums Grand Cru, that's right. And that's really great. And tell us what style of beer is that? Oh, that is a Flanders Red style um, from Belgium. 
So uh, an old beer aged in oak barrels that's then mixed with a, with a younger red ale, also aged in oak barrels. Yeah, you know, B&I has so many great different beers. I mean, George, you're, you're new to the company. I mean, wh- what is it like for you seeing this great portfolio of beers and, and also meeting someone like Pekka who's uh, making scientists? Well, it, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Um, and I never imagined that this would, would happen, um, but it's truly an honor. Um, and it's been an incredible experience so far. I've only been here for three months, so it's pretty amazing to be in the position that I'm in now and sitting next to Pekka. Um, yeah. Pekka, how did you meet Mateus? I mean, and when? What, what made you sell to the United States? I think it was it came throughout the, the Michael Jackson, the beer guru, and, and because he has been writing from from my Sahti, so almost 25 years or something like that. And and Matthias contacted me. I think it was the first time, and he asked, "Is it possible to, to deliver the Sahti and we make some experiments?" But but uh, as Michael told, so it's it's very complicated because it had to be cold on during the whole voyage and that, that's really challenging well that's a good point I, I, I know Michael Jackson wrote about Sati he said the only primitive beer to survive in Western Europe is that true? yeah I think he, what he meant is that uh, it's the oldest style of the beer style he, he says that it's a, it's a ring be, between Mesopotamia and, and, and nowadays so that's why he like, and he wanted to come to, to taste it on the organ environment, so we went to a smoke sauna and he drank it from this juniper two-handled barrel, and he was very happy <laughs> to so have you, you it. Met, you drank with Michael Jackson? Yeah, yeah, he has twice, twice in our brewery, and, and I met him many times. That's great. That's a great introduction. We're going to take a short break and be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's January 2015. We're doing a special recording with Pekka, the sake maker from Finland. We're in the back room at Jimmy's number 43. We've got some special guests, including Mary and Chris from Fermentabot. Mary, you have a question for Pekka. I do. So I, I am very excited that, you know, I live in New York City. Nowadays, not there is a little bit of dark malt inside, and how I learned is we are using also rye malt that is also it's giving giving also flavor for it and and, and also color. It's about ten percent rye malt, right? Yeah, five five to ten. Michael, you're talking more about the culture of, of sati. And yeah, one of the things I found most interesting when speaking uh, well with Pekka last week and and this week was uh, 
that sake is still a very traditional product in Finland that's often produced by people at home. It's still like a something that really people make in their own kitchens. And in fact, Becca was explaining to me that they started a uh, a homebrew competition, right? Mm. At uh, at your brewery? No, it's actually it is so that I'm the head of the Finnish Sahti Society, and we have been arranging it over 20 years. Okay, and that's meant only for the home brewers, not for for the for the profits and. And that's very interesting because uh, who is the winner of the game is has so got so many friends afterwards. And how, <laughs> how many people usually um, are uh, submitting their sati to the competition? Uh, I think it's uh, two to three hundred wow. together. Right. But, oh, that uh, is and, awesome. Uh, but uh, but uh, and the final there is coming about fifty because they have been all already selected as the final competition. Mm-hmm. Chris, have you ever tried sati before? I have not. I have not tried sati. I've tried uh, sati-like beverages, like what uh, Dogfish had put out. Apparently, Six Point, uh, also their mad scientist, number 19, they attempted a sati, and I don't recall uh, tasting, but I know that it was here for a brief moment. Uh, Did you try the Dogfish? It's called sati. Sati. It's it's a blend of of a a juniper with with some tea. What what was the tea that they used in that? I forget. I don't. I don't know. But it, uh, but yeah. Well, what did it taste like? I mean, it's juniper tea. It's juniper, reminiscent of, of gin in a, in a weird way. With that, I mean, that's a primary flavor component. But in the, in the sati that you make, how, how does in the, in the one you're making in Connecticut that we'll have in New York City in, in a week or two, how does the juniper branches come through? Like what what flavors will we taste? No, it's 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 not so sharp. You can say that, but you get some kind of a taste that how in anyhow out of that. It's wooden taste at least, but what I tasted. Of course, it was not ready. We just tasted it yesterday, and in the end, you can get get it most of the taste when when the yeast is going down. This is one of the biggest challenges, in fact, to having Pepe here and trying to brew the sati. Um, in Finland, juniper is something that's growing all over the place. From what I understand, you basically walk in the back of the brewery with a saw, chop down some juniper, and you throw it into the uh, the water tun. Um, it's not exactly like that around Connecticut, but although juniper does grow in uh, North America, it's not as prominent as in Finland. So we procured it from a, a shop in New York City that had some ordered for us. They were fresh-cut juniper branches, but I don't think they necessarily made the top-quality cut. Yeah, Matthias was here last week, and he was, he was carrying juniper branches yeah. in his car. So. The, How the shop. To, to, this, to this regard, so the competition gets about 300 entries, and what do you judge too? I mean, how 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 wide is the variety of flavor in different sati's? Mm-hmm. It's quite wide, so you can the color can can be yellow until black, totally black, and and also tasty, so that somebody is, is using rye malt and, and with barley, and somebody wheat malt. That, that it means that it's uh, quite big variety of, of the tastes also. But uh, nowadays uh, they are quite similar, in, at least in the end when. The six best is selected, so you can't find it so hard to find uh, which one is the best one. So when they're saying the six best, so are they generally the same color, the ones that make it to the last six? Uh, no, not exactly, but a certain area, they are lighter than the other other areas, like our, in area where, where I'm born, so it's quite dark. It's 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 ought to be if if it's yellow, so the people say oh the color is not not good enough. <laughs> so you have regional tastes. Yeah, or yeah, 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 yeah. Just a, you know, like a dialect. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Dark, yeah, yeah, dark sati. So the, the one that you made in Connecticut is that going to be a dark sati? Yes, that is quite. Oh, we like yeah. dark. Mm-hmm. Beers, you know? Like a chestnut. <laughs> nice chestnut sati. And what would the flavors be 
in this one? I think it's good. We tasted it yesterday. Of course, it's not, not ready, but it was quite smooth. And you get the nose also also for the like a very fruity banana nose and 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 it was very malty of course because there is a organic gravity is so high and, and so much malt use it used for the brew as I I recognize that it is sati. So when you're drinking your sati at funerals, it's <laughs> <laughs> also possible. Uh, what, what do you eat? What kind of foods go with it? Usually, it's quite a, quite because of the wild food and and you can say it quite heavy food if it's with fat and so on because it's it's belong to also the culture that uh, you are serving uh, local eating specialties on on your area and, and that means that they are not so light ones they are not light so like foods near near you mm. what are the foods that you would serve with something? oh like a Different kind of meat, of course. Like an elk or something. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, elk, that's right? yeah, of course. I'm a hunter. <laughs> I know someone from Ecuador. He's going to do a dinner here soon. He's going to serve a guinea guinea pig. Yeah, <laughs> of, of course, what? for elk and for for the smoked smoked food and uh, and meat also is good. And uh, like uh, you make it from the potatoes and different kind of uh, not so much uh, vegetables. Mostly, it, it's it's not so common. Of, especially for the older people, they, they, and the men, they sort of that why to eat vegetables if there is a food. <laughs> but, but really, it belongs to, to a table with the food, with celebration. That's wonderful, Michael. So, is it the case that beer importers just get Michael Jackson's book and they start going through and finding out which beers they can import? Is that how you do it? Matthias, he spoke about it in the last show that we did at uh, Heritage Radio. That, that was definitely one of the seeds of inspiration for our portfolio. Granted, every brewery that we brought um, in since then has not been uh, stamped and approved by Michael Jackson per se, but the the heart of the portfolio and some of the breweries that we launched with being those very traditional operations like uh, you know Schneider, Reisdorf, uh, and other German ones, uh, Schleichler, which we spoke about Schleichler, at length yeah. as well uh, last week, were... Um, and then today, we took those up from now we're drinking Alvina. Is that in the Michael Jackson book? I would presume to say no. That, I think, came after the Michael Jackson years. I'm not sure if he was still alive when we first started started uh, bringing in Alvin. So, so what is sure. Alvin Andrest? So, no, still alive. so what, what is this beer? Uh, Alvin Andrest is a essentially non-hopped brown ale, which is then aged... Um, I want to say, but no, it's, it's just Asian stainless. Do you know how yeah. long though? Six I'm months, I think? not sure. Yeah. Did did a Pekka get a taste of it? Uh, and Chris, do you have a taste of it? I have not yet. <clears throat> Is there any left? Because I want Pekka to tell us uh, what do you think of when you taste this, the Alvina Undressed? Or do you only taste? You, I'm sure you drink different beers, don't you? Like what other beers are you drinking? But tell us how you this thing. It tastes in something like, like an old sati, really, but but uh, it's aged. But uh, as I see, sati is always is a fresh, and there is also how we make. Usually, we make for the certain occasion. That means that the people who are making at home, so they have they have appointed about two weeks before they have the celebration. So they make it. They try to get it at the best moment when it's ready to drink. 
and when you, when you, when you make it something like something like 50, 50 liters or, or 15 gallons so that means that you have to drink it away quite quickly when we talk about sati going bad or too late what does it taste like what what are the what are the first signs that it's going bad oh it's going it's getting sour and, and of course it's, the, it's drying the, the, it's still fermenting so slowly but but the, the sugar is getting away so that means that it's you, you taste is it's not you can see not bad but it's it's not sati it's not what we have meant to it right. ought to be so sati will have a bigger body for sure undoubtedly like yeah. so what about like making a for crisp making a, a lambic style of beer is is this a similar process to the sati or not i, I think uh, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, no. no. The answer is no, but the, but uh, they. I mean, it does get sour. So when when you look up on Wikipedia, sati, they talk about how sometimes because of its instability, often sometimes we'll think that satis are sour, and so based. But I think that a lot of people are just keeping them too long and not drinking them in the right place. And so th- when it gets to that point, it might have taken on some some of the lambic cultures or cultures that are that what or what make lambic lambics. I, I found not intentionally is the is the answer there. I found you know, online. A, a recipe for for tzati. and I don't know, Chris and Mary, maybe look at it. What do you think of it? And we can ask Pekka because um, you've probably found there's a lot of variations and recipes that people post, right? Yeah. So what do you think? I went to I went to a, a, a seminar at the National Homebrewers Conference last year that was was ancient ales, and sati was one of the beverages that they talked about brewing mm-hmm. and that they served to us um, as an audience. So I haven't made it before, but no, this looks like a good recipe. So it's it's Pilsner Munich. That's like a that's it. Twenty percent Munich malt, right? Eighty percent Pilsner malt. A bouquet of juniper twigs. I will say that it has a start. Says some ornamental versions of juniper may be toxic, so you would want to order your juniper or consult with someone that that knows. So maybe not of the forest. Yeah, don't just trim it out of your backyard unless you know it's safe. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then bakers use preferably finished. But I can remember when I've had homebrewed sauces in the past, they did use. A, a high-fizen, you know, so you, you, have had, yeast. you have had people yeah, I've had to make homebrew sauces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But I like the rye aspect of it. I mean, and, and how right. the rye, I mean, rye itself kind of will dance with those phenolics and both accentuate and dance, or like just have, they'll have an interplay that that recipe doesn't have. So I wonder if somebody made that recipe, what you would think about it, Pekka, because it has no rye in it. Mm-hmm. Or, or even wheat, which is also up, up for grabs and oats in some cases. As I see, so it, it's not necessary to have the rye malt, but I've learned to use it. Right. That means I, it belongs to our area also as traditional. So the other, other like in eastern parts, so they, they are using a little bit, not at all rye, or they are adding some wheat or wheat malt. So it's but it's acceptable because to make a real sati, so all the malts varieties are, are possible, but right. not adding sugar. That is forbidden. A majority of it, though, being Pilsner malt, or is the base yes, malt, yes. base barley, mm-hmm. so just yeah. it's like... And then for the dark variations, how, where, what malt are you using to make it dark? No, it's the rye malt. It, oh, because, it's the rye because malt, Because roasted okay. malt, rye malt, it's quite, it's quite dark. Okay. Of course, if, if you have too much, so it's, it, it's getting too, too much flavor, and it's also has a thought of fermentation, it's not going so well mm-hmm. if, if you have too much... That is do, do you grow the, the rye and other malts in your area? Of course, they are all, all coming nearby us. So, 
there's only mulberry wicking mulch in, in in our country and they are collecting about 100 kilometers about 50-60 miles around the factory and, and we are living on that area so it can be that it's very nearby the mulch is coming in any case it's so called nearby product that's good as, as, it, as I told so the farmers they were growing their own barley and they, they were smelting themselves also and drying them and keeping them out at home so this is 100% local beer yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and collected juniper from the forest and yeah. cut, you can also use baker's yeast but also can, you can use so called collected yeast that means that you are recycling it and then, George, what's it like for you? You're, you're taking a, a man from Finland around New York and Connecticut. You know, you, you do this a lot as a rep. What's that experience like for you? I mean, how are people responding to meeting Pekka? Um, well, it, it, it's uh, I, overall the the response to Pekka has been overwhelmingly positive in in most bars that we've that we've gone to. But it's also just been a lot of fun to to wander around New York with Pekka. Um, it's been great to have beers with him, and um, I took him to have some barbecue. He wanted an American meal, so we got we got some barbecue in him, um, and he loved it. Uh, but no, it's been it's been absolutely incredible, and it's been a huge honor. Uh, yeah. And what are some of the beers that he's been drinking um, in, in the states? We've we've been having a lot a lot of beer from New York, um, but we have also been drinking some Beaver Town, which Be United just started uh, importing. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've been drinking uh, everything. <laughs> is there is there a beer that you really liked from New York that you can remember? I like all the beers. It depends about so much. So, occasion sometimes it's, it's poor lager is, is okay when you are thir- really thirsty. But otherwise, I like to have new beers. And and this was very interesting for in United because the sour beers I haven't been drinking so much, and the seasons are just coming to Finland. Uh, nowadays, the most most popular beer is IPA, all over, and and it's it's so wave, big wave about IPA in the world. But I hope it's going a little bit away because it's it's. I don't like too hoppies, hoppy beers, and now now the wave is so that you must add so much hoppies, and you don't get the mild taste or the beer taste at all. All right, man. Well, uh, that's the end of our second uh, segment. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. This is Jimmy Carboni, and we're doing a special recording in the back room of Jimmy's number 43. It's January 2015. We've got Pekka, the sati maker from Finland, and uh, we've been talking about you know the culture of Finland and that unusual brew. Uh, 
Chris and Mary here from uh, Foment About It, and uh, Mary has a book coming out soon called Speed Brewing, which is available on Amazon pre-order. But I do want to ask her about some other other styles of, of, of fast brewing, and she'll go into it. But my first question is again: Why is Sati the recipe not in your your speed brewing? Right. I've been thinking about book, this, so I think you know because I I did for the beer chapter. Um, I used a lot of recipes that I've been making that I have a lot of experience with and I've been making regularly and I haven't made sati yet so I haven't had any experience also you know the juniper branches are difficult to acquire so that can be challenging for some homebrewers in the in the U.S. particularly so what are a few other different types of beverages that will be Uh, in the book so I one that be ahoy as we mentioned that's a traditional Vietnamese fresh beer that's brewed with uh rice and um and brewed with a lager yeast that's treated as an ale, so it's kind of a sati relative, also, you know, ready very quick. Uh, one of our U.S. fresh beers, fresh and fast beers, is called a Pennsylvania Swanky. And a Pennsylvania Swanky is um, is another fresh beer. It's a low-alcohol brown ale that's brewed with, uh, an, like, an anise or fennel flavor. I have a Berliner Weiss, a Gosa, and then a blended, like, a faux Flanders red that's blended with kombucha. Sourness. You mentioned Bia Hua, and I've actually had it before. I was in Vietnam over the summer, and when I was in Hanoi, I had it on the street, and it was very odd because it had this odd green tinge to it. Oh. And it was kind of sketchy, to be honest. But, I mean, it tasted okay. Yeah. It was very, it was very drinkable, is all I have to say. I mean, it cost the equivalent of 10 U.S. cents <laughs> for a like, very large glass. Um, so, I, I mean, I was happy on, on the street of Hanoi, but it was certainly odd. Yeah. Um, if you served it to me in any other context, I probably wouldn't be happy. <laughs> but I did enjoy it in the moment. Yeah. It's typically served fresh, but if you forget about it, then it actually has time to lager, and then it's also really great. So this is the bit that, <laughs> that actually gets better. <laughs> we, had our, we had a keg at home that we were just kind of sat on for a while, and it lagered very well. It held yeah. up very well for a low alcohol. Interesting. So again, so and I do have a Finnish beverage oh. that's not a beer called Sima, mm. which is basically kind of a fruit. It was traditionally made with honey, so it's a version of mead uh, fermented with lemons and honey. And so modern versions are made with sugar and lemon. And that's also a cel- like a May Day beverage, right? That's in, in Finland. Yeah, it's, it's mostly drunk in 1st of May. May, and that, that, that is a traditional that people are doing it for the 1st of May also at homes. But now there are also some producers who are making it also as, as professionals. So, uh, but the, the way to make the real sima is also to make the same way to make it like in, or at least the same kettles and, and the breweries. They used to do it before in breweries. Okay. Mm. And then, Mary, the, the unifying theme of your book, it's, it's speed brewing? Yep. And, mm-hmm. and what, what does that mean? So fast fermentation. So most of the beverages can be done in two weeks or less. So it's for homebrewers that maybe are in between batches or don't have time to brew a full batch of beer, or really anybody that's just interested in fermenting a delicious alcoholic beverage. So sati would fall in that category? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then what about other things, like kombuchas? or? Yeah, so I have boozy kombuchas, so alcoholic kombuchas, um, ciders, short meads, so low-alcohol honey beverages, hard sodas, and then a, a several international beverages like Sema. Kefir? Yep, kefir. Water, alcoholic kefir. How do you make that? You start with kefir grains. So kefir grains are uh, related to a a traditional kombucha scoby, uh, which stands for symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. So these grains are basically uh, a bunch of bacteria and yeast that 
live together in a uh, like a cellulose matrix, so it's very natural. And you add those to water and sugar, add some flavoring, and they will ferment. Traditionally, it ferments very low alcohol, so maybe half, 1% alcohol by volume. Uh, but if you ferment, you, you also get like a, you can get a nice tartness, and you can pull a lot of flavors from uh, fruits and veggies and herbs and spices that you have a hard time pulling from in other fermentations, like strawberries, for instance, are very difficult to capture in beer. Kefir grains capture them absolutely beautifully. Okay. Uh, and then wow. you, can, you can take that primary water kefir and hit it with some additional sugar and champagne yeast and have a delicious alcoholic beverage. Wow. I need to come to your house. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. At one point during this book process, we had 40 different things fermenting in the house. No. Yeah. There was you... charts on the wall and everything. <laughs> I really need to it's, come. It's been a very delicious time. <laughs> did, so do, do you also make a, an alcoholic beverage with beets? Is there something we have yeah. you can make with beets? Oh, you absolutely can. Yeah. Know. Well, there's you can make a traditional beet kvass yeah. that is traditionally not alcoholic, but again, I mean, any kind of non-alcoholic or low-alcoholic fermented beverage, you can always make more alcoholic. So yeah, you can do a traditional beet kvass, um, and in, you could do a so beet kvass is traditionally basically driven by lactobacillus, which gives a nice uh, tartness. That's also what makes sauerkraut and that kind of thing. So you can basically <laughs> juice uh, some beets and you know. Ferment it with lacto and then ferment it with a, a clean yeast like champagne or maybe like an American ale yeast, I think, with some other sugar. Or you could, I think, I mean, I've had some beet beers that were really delicious. Does that retain the, so it, does fermenting it with lacto first uh, retain the beet flavor when you then? Yeah, and I, well, I think that would just give you like another layer of flavor and okay. aroma that you wouldn't if you just fermented straight up right. juice. Right, right. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think you could. It would be worth trying. I mean, beets, it would depend on what you want, wanted. You could also, you know, it depends if you roasted the beets first or for how long. Right. I've never had anything beet that was subtly beet. <laughs> I mean, beet is a pretty, beets are pretty dominant flavor, like unmistakably beets. You know, beets over the head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I was actually, I had a, uh, a beet beer at the National Homebrewers Conference last year, so I'm, I get this beet beer poured for me. It was at the Homebrew Club festival yeah. and um, I'm, I'm kind of standing in the middle of this ex- beer expo floor you know looking at this bright pink beverage and Charlie Papazian came up to me and was like what is that where'd you get it can I smell it I was like of course <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's very eye-catching beet beverages <laughs> well in, in the homebrew judging what category would that beet beer be in specialty beer yeah. oh, <laughs> vegetable beer oh that's true yeah actually beet beer or a specialty yeah. beer depending what you know, if you added anything else to it or what yeast you used, I would say. Right. I mean, kind of between... <laughs> beat between the lines. But yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to... So in Finland, Pekka, are there any other traditional... Be- so we've heard the Sima, the Sati. Are there other traditional beverages? Mm, uh, not so much. I, I think the most, most drink, it, drink uh, beverage is, is beer, at least. And, and the most uh, drink beer is, is lager beer, 95% of it. But now it's growing, of course, through the import and, and for the small breweries. But the One of the breweries that I know is Sinebrukov yeah. and the Porter, and I've had some fin- Finnish expats ask for it, so we have it occasionally. Um, what's that brewery like? Oh, is it in Helsinki? In, it's a nearby Helsinki. It's the biggest owned by the Karlsberg. It's part of the Karlsberg Kropa. But uh, there are three bigger brewer- breweries and so a little bit more than 30 Small breweries and it, the amount is growing all the time. All the time, but uh, the market share is about three percent for the small ones. Yeah, and what's the name of? So you have the Zati Brewery, I and you also have a regular. Yeah, brewery. Uh, the 
sahti pruis lammin sahti, and lammi means the, uh, the place where I'm living, and then I have in Helsinki is Brukkeri Helsinki, where we are making making almost same weapons of auto, equipments, but in in Kasper sort of equipments in like in the yeah, United States. Will, will you be importing any of those beers, Michael? Uh, we currently have no plan to do so, but uh, who knows what the future holds, Jimmy? So it's we a have sim- not actually had similar brewery as OEC. <laughs> Tell them what the OEC brewery is. I don't know if you've been up there, Chris, but that's it's a pretty special system. Yeah, that's the brewery's been put in. Yeah, we um, built this brewery about a year ago now. I think like roughly a year ago, the installation was complete. Uh, it's a Casper Schultz system. I think it's 12 hectoliter is the capacity of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty positive about that. Uh, the um, boil is all uh, direct fire boil on the bottom. There's copper bottom. Um, what else? But what they else? use computers. Two tin. Yeah, it is. There's like a fire underneath. Do they have computers? Sure. Yeah, it's all electronic. That's all We have a copper cool ship and uh, also a Baudelaire heat exchange system, which is one of those external heat exchangers. It's uh, how do you say um, undulated <laughs> on the sides. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Chris, at 508 Castro, you, you work with a real kind of simple system. Absolutely. What, what's your dream system? If you, My dream system? If you had to have a, a system you could design or buy it, from That's scratch. all location specific. It depends <laughs> on what location kind of ends up being. I, I will say that I, I did really like, and I do really like brewing small and, and, and often so as to be playful and, and just keep doing it. I love the act of brewing, the art of brewing, and coming up with recipes and, and making it happen. And being playful with that within a group of environment makes me very happy. At the same time, if it's too small, then nobody can, can taste it around. So I want something that's kind of moderate in size, probably like 7-barrel or even going into 14-barrel fermenters. What kind, be it, whether it's steam or direct fire or or electric. I don't want to go electric anymore. I mean, I, by the way, it was electric uh, using elements inside the heat. And it worked great. It was a great learning curve on that. But I think I want some, they're a little bit harder to clean than having just a straight-up thing. Right. So I'm looking into uh, direct fire going forward and, do you want to make an announcement on the air, Chris? I don't have any announcements to make, <laughs> except for that, guys except for that Mary and I are going to make some beer now. We're Kuzet Libations, we've established ourselves as, and we're going to be a gypsy brewing company. And we're actually, as a as a company, we're just, we're just that as a name right now and licensing the name where we brew. And that's in order to be able to play with other kinds of fermentation instead of just beer and so that we can go and, and make some ciders and or meads. And so we're not necessarily getting a wholesale license yet. We do have a distributor... Uh, through remarkable liquids uh, for for the time being. Um, will you have beer for uh, New York City Beer Week? We will. Yeah. The first We're going to have gonna this be... sma- a smash beer and smash. In this case, is not single malt, single hop, but state malt and state, state hop. New York state so we'll be using New York State malt that was malted by Valley Malt in Hadley, Connecticut, but grain was grown in New York, and then we're going to be using some New York State grown hops. And will you be at the New York City Brewers' Choice? Grisette. The first beer we're making is Grisette. New York City Brewers' Choice, February 24th. We will. Yep. With your, smash, your state malt and state hot beer. That's yes, really right. awesome. So yeah. you're making a Grisette first? A Grisette. First I mean, it, it's coming out during New York City Beer Week when we're all drinking a lot of beer, and we are big fans of small alcohol beers. And something sessionable just, ales. Sessionable ales, yeah. What is a Grisette? Uh, Grisette is a light saison yeah. in general. This one's like going to be light. farmhouse ale. Uh, we're calling this one a winter grisette because there's a decent amount of Vienna malt in it, and so it's going to be it's kind of rye. on the darker. Right. Vienna and rye, yeah. 50% Vienna, 50% rye, and uh, 70% uh, New York State two-row. Cool. That's great, man. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. 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 And 
Well, right. I, I have to rush the show to, to the air so we can get the first announcement about who's that libation. <laughs> yeah, Pekka, Pekka. So, George, you went up to the bar, Jimmy's number 43. You had a challenge. You picked one beer that we're all drinking. What is it? This is the off color, uh, You Never Take Me Anywhere Nice, I think is the name of it, which is interesting. <laughs> um, is that not where I think that's what, yeah, that's what so it that's said like, on the tap handle. They so, say it's an unfiltered lager. That's what right. that's our second taste like. to be. Right. No, yeah, yeah, definitely, lager, definitely yeah. tastes like that. For sure, um, a Keller beer. It's really is this, is this like a lot of the beers in Finland? Yeah, something like, like that. an unfiltered mm-hmm. lager, mm-hmm. Keller beer. I want to know more about Finland. I mean, for you guys, how, how are you representing this project with Sati? I mean, you, just, you have to pick up the phone, and Joe Carroll says, "I'm there." You know, you can you can have the Sati at Spite and Dival, or well, it's unfortunate that uh, the timing of the brew happened to coincide with this. Uh, Faux storm that uh, that hit us on Monday. So there, originally, there were a lot of people that were expecting to attend the brewing process, which was you know the most exciting thing about it—the fact that we were bringing here. This was the first time that we had a foreign brewmaster come and brew on our system. Now, granted, we're also brewing our own beers at OEC, but um, one of the other advantages of having this brew house was to have the brewers come from our portfolio and brew special batches here. Uh, so. It was unfortunate that most people couldn't make it up because of the storm. And then you're like, yeah, beer from Evil Twin. Yeah, Joe they were supposed to come. Dad, we were going to drive up together. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind that of a big deal. Canceled. Yeah. Um, but hopefully there'll still be uh, a lot of excitement about it at the uh, at bars around the city and in the immediate vicinity of the warehouse. I'm sure there'll be um, kegs of it going down to Pennsylvania, probably Virginia as well. I'm not sure if they'll make it to the West Coast per se, but New England for sure. Um and I don't know how much outside of that ring we're really going to send it again just because of the shelf life. We need to have the, so- the Sati tracker yeah. <laughs> from Finland. It's going to be fun. I'm so working on that app. Second week of Finland, check out some of the good Brazil bars. Proletariat, Jimmy's number 43. We'll have a keg of the Sati, you know. Yes. Hey, we need some photos. So, uh, Pekka, great having you on, man. Uh, any final things you'd like to say to our audience? I mean... Oh, just enjoy them. The beer, local beers, that's very important also, as I see, that, that the big beers, they are, it's, it's okay that the, from the big breweries they are making good beers, but the local beers is the thing. I, I think it's, it's in the future, it's very important, important to enjoy about the beers like that. Great, man. And let's have everyone ask one final question of, of Pekka. Who wants to go first? What's your favorite... New York food. <laughs> <laughs> what was the favorite thing that you eat? Like, that's what I'm pretty B-B-Q. cool. Barbecue. 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 Yeah. George, what, what, you have a question for Pekka. Pekka, what was your favorite bar in New York? Oh, I like all of them. <laughs> you have to say one. <laughs> the beer bar, especially. Good, good answer. Bar. Especially yeah. in front of Jimmy. Good answer. <laughs> Michael, what's your question for Pekka? Um, did you enjoy your time in the U.S.? Yes. Uh, Do you hope I, to come I, back? I will. Certainly, I would. Absolutely. <laughs> I think what you guys are doing at so the B United Compound, Oxford, Connecticut, people can visit. Yeah. And right. so uh, Mateus' son owns the OEC. That's right. The, the order of well. eccentric boilers, right? That is the translation. And it's a pretty yeah. special little brewery there. Yeah, the uh, tap room is open on. I know it's set. Are they open on Fridays as well? Saturdays I, for I, sure. Yeah, Saturdays for sure. I'm not sure. I I, th- I thought that we were open on Fridays. 
Um, but I'm not sure. Look, Google it. Yeah. We keep, don't trust us. Google it. Beer Sass Brewery from June. We did a show. And, and recently someone asked me about you know, the most exotic beer destination. And I picked OEC in Connecticut yeah. as the, the place are, I'd want to go. You know, Or special it's, beers. Yeah, definitely worth the trip. And Mary, what? what? The room is insane. <laughs> That's yeah. technically Be United. Right. But I mean the whole, you know, it's part of... We've also yeah. built two big greenhouses as well, yeah, and we're yeah. growing yeah, all vine- these fruits. Vineyard, so. right? Yeah, there's a vineyard as well, yeah. and yep, um, and that's all to sort of try to harvest all this wild yeast as well mm-hmm. and get that into the beer. Right, that's one of them. Mary, do you have a, the last question? So, yeah. Was there something that you that's ate or drank here that is going to inspire you in your brewing back in Finland? Especially in. United, all these sour beers, that was interesting because, because as I told I've been drinking them not much, just tasting, but never never so, so many what I have tasted, and that was very interesting for me, and new things also. Yeah, yeah George, was, do you want to say that bit about the yeast? Yeah, uh, so uh, Ben and uh, Tony, who is the assistant brewer, Ben is the, the head brewer at OEC and Tony the assistant, uh, but he, they say that all of the beer brewed at OEC is meant to be semi-spontaneous, which is sort of a joke and sort of also true. Um, they do pitch yeast, but uh, what they're trying to do is, is harvest all of the uh, local uh, wild yeast in Oxford. So that's why we've started growing, uh, obviously, vines for grapes and all of these fruit in um, these greenhouses because we're trying to get the uh, yeast from the skins of all these fruits uh, in, in, into the air and ultimately into OEC's beers. Uh, that's why we also have a cool ship as well. Yeah. And that's great. Energy. That's so awesome, guys. It's a really great show. Again, thanks to our sponsor, Union Beer Distributor, who actually sells Be United, and that's how we know you guys. Uh, my favorite beer today was the Ictigum's Grand Cru, which is, was eye-opening for me, a Flemish Red. I'm, I'm definitely going to carry that more often. Re- really love what you guys are doing. Thank you, Jimmy. And we're just about to go and uh, get a tour of the keg room. Jimmy's number 43 has, has one of the best keg rooms. We share it with <laughs> Burt Castle and, and Stanley's. As Chris calls it, the Brewmuter Triangle here That's in right. East Village. Right. This is where the, the first homebrew club met, and Garrett Oliver was first making beers in the 80s. So here we are, 43 7th Street, New York City. Jimmy's number 43. We're the epicenter of craft beer in New York City, especially when Chris Kuzmi and Mary Isetta here. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, I'd like to thank all our guests, Mary, Chris, Pekka, George, and uh, Michael. Michael Opolensky was a good buddy, and uh, we really had a great time. Thanks to our, our sponsors, Union Beer Distributors, and thanks for joining me on the Heritage Radio Network. Thanks to our producers, Maggie and Justin, and our engineer, Jack Inslee. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. <laughs> Woo!